All right, welcome to the Love That Neighbor Podcast Network. I'm your host, Anthony Wilson, and I'm back again uh, with another episode. And in this episode, um, this is going to be a great episode. I have an incredible author who's authored over 40 books. I mean, can't even imagine what it would take to write so many books. Um, but um, I just want to let you know that this is going to be a ride. You're going to hear a journey, a story, a testimony uh, of, of a woman's life. And it's just tune in, stay close. Uh, those of you that support this channel, thank you so much. Remember, you can support um, at the, uh, you can click the link, the heart button there, even in the live chat. This will be a live premiere. So you'll be able to interact live and you'll be able to support live. So thank you so much. Keep uh, on the lookout for this. Uh, God is blessing. And so I want to introduce to you my guest and I'm going to let her say her name because I don't want to mess her name up. <laughs> it's really easy to do that. Yeah. So my name is Brucka Getz. Yes. And um, I'm the author, right, of 40 books, but they're, it's not so amazing because they're all children's books. They're picture books. They don't have that many words in them. It doesn't take that long to write a picture book. I always tell people this. So um, I, I, I'm just going to say, I'm going to put in here, it takes 20 years and 20 minutes to write a picture book. People carry around ideas for picture books in their heads for years. Just sit down, 20 minutes, get the gist of it out and get it out in the world. That's what I want to encourage you to do. So, yeah, but what all my books have in common, I say that the children's books, they all help children's souls to shine. And some of them are about public health. That's, that's also part of helping your soul to shine because if you don't have a healthy body, it's very hard for your soul to be able to shine. So... I mean, my, why my newest book is Let's Stay Healthy. And I wrote this during the pandemic. You know, people were asking me, like, how can I keep my children? Why? Can I explain to them why not to eat junk food? Why to exercise? Why not to stay up all night? Why to sleep? You know, so I go into this because my background, when I was, I, I graduated from Harvard. And even while I was an undergraduate, I was taking courses at the Graduate School of Public Health and at Harvard Medical School. So public health really interests me. In fact, yeah, another one of my books is Let's Swim Safely. Also, we, we, we can't let our souls, our souls can't shine if we're not alive. You know, we have to, it's really, really help, important to help, especially toddlers. This, what, this book is for toddlers, very strong. You know, they can keep reading it. And they're absorbing the messages. It's, it's so important. And it's, of course, when you write a picture book, you are speaking to the little children, the parents, the grandparents who might be reading it, and even teenagers that see the books laying around, they pick them up too. So everybody gets the messages in a children's book. So um, yeah, and then there's, I'm sorry, there's, my memoir is just my story, how I became an Orthodox Jew and how I was able to heal 
from food addictions and what the two things have to do with each other. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely awesome. I mean, having a ministry to children is something that is important in this day and age. You think right. about all the messages that children are getting right. that may not be what we want them to hear. And so to have somebody who has a passion and, and a love and the gifting to be able to put it together, because you say it may not be that hard, but everybody doesn't have, you know, the, 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 the visionary process to put those things into proper order and to make them look the way that they look. And so it does take a gifting and a skill. And so I don't, I don't want you to underrate what you're doing, you know? <laughs> yes. It, it, I think like a child. So I'm able to get into a child's head and I, in the books, I empower children to really to take ownership of their own health, of their own spiritual and physical health. This is what it's about. And I try to write the books I wished that I had as a child so that right off the bat, children know that they're spiritual beings because we look like we're just physical beings. It's essential for us to know that we need physical as well as spiritual nourishment every day throughout the day. This is what young children can absorb. And I really want to encourage more people to do this. Reach out to children. Just like you said, they're getting so many other messages. They need spiritual messages more than ever. That's what's being cut out of their lives. We have to make an effort as creatively as you can. Bring it in. I... I take really deep ideas. My, my, what I love to do is make deep ideas very simple so children can absorb them and joyfully. That's even, even I have books about abuse. Those are actually my most popular books. Um, they're in over 100,000 homes, books about fighting abuse. The children actually love these books. They want the guidelines. They want to know what to look out for with predators and how to stay safe. I never expected those to be the most popular books, but so far they are. People love it. The children love it. That, that's what amazes me. They, it gives them a feeling of safety. Yeah. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, that, that's amazing that they would even be able to comprehend it. But it is necessary. You know, what you're talking about, I, it doesn't surprise me that it's that popular because it's so necessary. You know, um, so often we're praying for our children to be covered and protected. But it's beautiful to take that prayer and put it into, you know, something that could be put in their hand to equip them and encourage them. Because without that, yeah, it's all concepts. It, it, it's it's all concepts and we can't, you know, really truly uh, articulate it. So with the pictures, oh, it's beautiful. Exactly. It's Joyful, colorful pictures explaining our bodies are precious. We have to protect our bodies. It's It really explains this to very young children. And I think you'll, you'll appreciate this. I have one book here. I'll show. It's called The Invisible Book. You know, from the very beginning, we believe in so many things that are invisible. We believe in wind. We believe in thoughts, feelings, love. time, gravity, love. Yes, it's all invisible. <laughs> so why is it hard for people to understand? We are also invisible. We, our essence 
is spiritual. We are spiritual beings. We are souls. And, and, and that there's an invisible source, a creator to it all. It's, 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 you know, people put, okay, but look, we're accepting all these other things. It's not far-fetched. We see the effects of all these things in our life. If we let go of the book, it falls down. We see gravity. We see the effects of gravity, but we never see gravity, just as we can't see our souls. Yes, that's beautiful. And so um, your journey as an Orthodox Jew, and um, we talked before we got on air, I had Rabbi Juan uh, on here and I love Rabbi. I I encourage everybody to go check out his channel. He's actually on YouTube Um, and he, uh, he teaches, oh man, he's a teacher. He is such a great teacher. And so that's kind of one of the things that's, that made you say, well, yeah, I can, I can get with this guy. And so as an Orthodox Jew, that journey. So what were you doing before and how did you come into you know, your relationship with, with God Almighty, the Most High? <laughs> exactly, exactly. My father was such a wonderful person, but he did not believe in God. And he called himself agnostic. And he would say, I'd say, what's the purpose to life? And he'd say, I don't know. Why why are you living? He'd say, just like a TV show. I'm just watching to see what's going to happen next, you know. But this wasn't enough for me. I was hungry for more. It looked like my life was really successful. I mean, you know, we lived in this little apartment in New York. But I was searching for wisdom. I felt like something was lost from my life. Even though I had loving parents, a sweet life, something was missing. And I developed like eating disordered behavior, like food addictions, which got worse and worse, actually got worse at Harvard. And then when I went on to medical school, I was in the worst state. I looked like this successful person and inside I was suffering terribly and the behaviors were getting more and more bizarre. When you have an addiction, you're doing things in secret. Nobody knows that you're suffering. You, no one has any idea, but I was suffering worse and worse. And what I finally came to learn, and this is why I'm spreading this now as much as I can, is that that emptiness inside it wasn't a physical emptiness. And, and the more you feel the emptiness, the more you try to fill it with externalities and it never fills that hole because it wasn't a physical hole. It was a spiritual hole. And I was genuinely hungry. And so are all addicts, really. If you have an addiction, it means you're genuinely hungry and your soul is starving. That's really what it was about. And when I finally recognized that, I was able to fill it with actually by finding my own roots, finding my heritage that had been tossed away. And I hadn't had the education to learn about my own roots. So when I got to learn about it as a young adult, I was so excited. And right away, it filled that hole so that I was never starving again. Um, You know, I never had like the eating binges and then the starving after it was terrible way to live. It was horrible. It's an addiction is like being in a prison. It it starts to control your whole life, whether it's drugs, alcohol, 
you know, a food addiction, gambling, whatever it is, it takes over you. So your soul isn't running your life anymore, but, but it's coming from a place of a starving soul. So that's what happened when I finally got the nourishment that I was craving. There was no longer a need for the addictions. Amen. Amen. So, you know, there, there are a lot of people that, you know, when they recover from addictions, they, they, they claim, you know, I'm always recovering, you know, for you, is, is that a, is that a, is that a true statement? Good question. Um, I, you know, there's times when I'll still feel like overeating, but now I've gotten so used to the habit, the good habit now of saying, is it your body that's hungry or your soul? Mm. Right away, I know. And then I know that, yes, you need, why do we overeat? Because we want the pleasure to keep lasting. So instead, I found out about other ways to bring lasting pleasure into my life. And that's what I do. I realize, okay, if I eat like, um, 97 more spoonfuls if i eat up this whole thing of the the whole container of ice cream will i then feel full i won't because it's not that kind of a hunger so now that i have those you know the recognition i'm able to realize it and what i i actually what i learned about is the pleasure ladder there's five rungs on the pleasure ladder this is from ancient mystical Kabbalistic wisdom, the lowest level are all the physical pleasures. In other words, our creator designed this world so that we could experience so much pleasure. We're really here for gratitude, to express gratitude, to enjoy this amazing world. So all the physical pleasures are the lowest level of pleasure. All the natural foods, being in nature, music, Um, intimacy, um, exercise, dance, you know, moving, all these physical pleasures, beautiful smells, they are designed to nourish us both physically and spiritually, because they, when we feel nourished by them, we feel gratitude. And that's really all we're here to do is, is, is experience gratitude. So, you know, that's, that's very interesting. You know, uh, the Bible says that, you know, the whole duty of man is to uh, fear God and keep his commandments, that we were created, you know, to to know him and to love him and to and to follow his ways. Because at the end of the day, as you said, we're chasing, you know, this euphoria, we're chasing these good feelings, we're we're chasing these things and we can't find them in this fallen world we find them in our creator, you know, and through our creator, then we can experience this world differently. You know, those things don't control us. They don't, they're not using us. <laughs> they become yeah. resources for us to enjoy life. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. When I was 22, when I discovered all this, the rabbi, he's no longer alive. Rabbi Weinberg used to say, what's the opposite of pain. People think it's pleasure, but he said, no, it's comfort. Comfort Uh takes away the pain right away. Shalom. (laughs) Comfort 
is like all these addictions. It brings us temporary comfort, but it doesn't bring us pleasure. In fact, he said pain could be involved in pleasure. We give birth. We mm-hmm. climb a mountain. There's a struggle involved. You know, we we lift weights yeah. to, to, great, to get muscles. It, 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 it's, it's pain can be a part of pleasure, but comfort Comfort takes us away from striving to bring the much greater pleasures into our life, which is what our creator designed us to experience here. Yeah, comfort, comfort can be our greatest enemy, you know, because life at times, you know, there's suffering in life. But if the suffering's for the right reason, you know, then that suffering will give way to, like you said, purpose and meaning and, and those things really are true pleasure, right? When, when you're actually finding that purpose and that meaning in life, you like, you talked about, you're like, no, there's got to be more to life than just watching it like a TV show. And we'll just see what happens next, that there's got to be a meaning. And I love that, you know, overcoming your addiction gives way. And I saw it on your, on your list gives way to our creativity as well. When we're not using those th- that addictive behavior, we could find ourselves being more creative. Do you, you, you un- does that make sense? Exactly. Each level up, we are emulating the Almighty more and more. Each level up, it's 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 an incredible experience because that's really what we want. We want that sense of oneness, that sense of connection. That's what we're all yearning for, and um, that's the biggest joy there is. So, like love. The definition here, everything, these are the five levels of pleasure. And I just realized recently, it, it, it corresponds to the five levels of the human soul. And it also corresponds to our own hands because it's within our own hands to bring this pleasure into our life at any moment. It's totally empowering. In other words, if we, I love to give the example of an orange. If you eat an orange, first of all, when it's, it's green because it's camouflaged in with the leaves and it turns the bright, beautiful color when it's ready for us, it's, it's calling us to experience the beauty when it's bright orange and then, and it smells beautiful when it's ripe and the juiciness is so delicious and the juiciness is kept in by the peel, the natural covering for months. And inside that are the seeds of eternity, the seeds that create a tree and an abundance of oranges forever. I mean, so I, I compare that to an orange flavored tangy taffy, you know, where the wrapper pollutes the environment. It doesn't do anything good for us. So the foods that the almighty designed for us are with infinite intelligence and infinite love and infinite compassion. All these natural foods, they have so much vitality and give us all the nutrients we eat while the need, while the, the junk food was really designed from a place of greed to Mm. take, takes out the nutrients and everything. And it's, it's just not, we need to really, appreciate the garden that we were given so yes that's uh, beautiful and it's so true because the bible says in the beginning god gave us every seed bearing fruit and so the the seed bearing fruits are 
one of the, the major things in this world that are still doing <laughs> what the almighty created it to do. Yes. <laughs> yes. If we don't intervene, that's the thing. Also with eating disorder behavior and probably addic other addictions, control is a big thing. You wow. feel out of control. So you're trying to control life by eating in these ways. But the truth is, it's why do we feel out of control? Because we don't have a sense that there is a, a purpose to this world, that we really have a good purpose, each of us too. If we don't know these things, then we feel lost. I felt, I felt like I was in a world of chaos. It was a very scary world for me when I felt like it was all meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were overcoming your, your, your addiction, um, did you, did you use the, the, the step program? Yeah. And, and, and how did that relate to, um, your relationship with the almighty? Right. Do you mean the 12 steps? Yes. Yes. Mean? Yeah. Right. So I didn't really know about that back then, right, but, right. but, but that summer I had a six week break between my first and second year of medical school. And I went to Israel for the summer and I started learning about my heritage and I didn't come back. <laughs> I came back 10 years later. So my whole life went on a very different path. And it was an awesome path. You know, it looked like a crazy path because it looked like I was giving up so much. Mm. But it was it was phenomenal. And I've, I've lived such a joyful life because of that. So um, that rabbi that summer, he explained about pleasure. He explained about the purpose of life. I finally got it. And I had been searching so much. That's how I ended up at Harvard. I was searching for the ultimate wisdom. I thought, okay, I'm going to study real hard, get into this place. Yes. It's supposed to be the ultimate, but it was not there. So I was really disappointed. So things got even worse until I finally, I finally found what nourished my hungry soul. Oh, I'll explain this. So above physical pleasures is love. And how is that empowering? It seems like it's not empowering. You have to wait for someone to come into your life. But no, this definition of love is focusing on the virtues of another. What do you appreciate about someone else? So even if you're in prison, you can focus on what a grandmother once did for you. And you get a warm emotional feeling of love that just gives you the encouragement that you need. So physical, each... Each level up brings more connection, first to a thing, a natural thing, then to another being, and then meaning. Doing something positive and meaningful, it fills you with an even more lasting pleasure. And here you're connecting out to other people. Creativity is when you put a unique part of yourself into the world. That fills you with a joy. You don't feel like eating or sleeping when you're in the zone of creativity. It's like such a great pleasure. And the highest one is transcendence, which is it's when you, when you begin to make a crack in a bad habit or an addiction. It's when you transcend your own limitations. And it's when you connect, when you, when you see how we're all connected, we are all spiritual beings, we, we, we connect, you know, we give life to the vegetation. Vegetation gives us life. 
And we're all connected to source energy. We're all connected to the almighty, the, the cosmic oneness of this universe. So basically, it's lifting the veils of separation between us because many people now are out to create divisiveness. And what we need to be spreading is what we all share so much, the goodness that we all share within us and, and the ultimate goodness of what we're all here for. Yeah. 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 That ultimately, you know, to love God, and to love our neighbor, <laughs> you know, yes. Yes. <laughs> you know yes. and, and, and in doing that, we do find a, a different, a, a different perspective on a life that can seem, you know, very uh, uh, desperate and, and, and depressing. You know, there's so many people, you know, that are being diagnosed with depression and, yes. and, and, and addiction and all kinds of mental illnesses. Um, and it's because this world kind of puts this pressure on you and if you're stuck in it, it will keep you trapped. And, and what you're saying is to transcend that, to understand that there's something beyond this, you know, and and that get off the rat, the, what they call the, the rat wheel (laughs) where you're just going and going and going and going and you find yourself, there's no peace. There's no shalom. There's no well-being there it's all struggle you know at the end of the day you know I think I was thinking about your books when you were talking and it's like I wonder how she puts those type of concepts into those books like you said you're taking these huge concepts that even adults right probably struggle with and you're putting them into books for children to get how are you doing that (laughs) yeah yeah let me like here's where is God I mean, you know, this is a universal concept, finding God throughout nature. There is so, this is God's hidden everywhere in plain sight, but still hidden, you know, and that's what we're here to do. Lift up the sparks, bring out the spirituality into the world. Let it be known. That's what you're doing. So another one is I want to be famous. This boy, like so many children, he wants to be famous. And so he becomes famous overnight the way anybody could nowadays. Someone takes a YouTube video of him doing something ridiculous, you know. So he's famous. He's everywhere. He's loving it up. And then before you know it, they find someone else who could do it better. No one cares to hear from him anymore. He's done. He's miserable. Until he realizes there is a spotlight inside of me. I don't need that spotlight out there. If you get that own, your own spotlight shining, then you, you don't have to be dependent on outside validation all the time. It's so empowering to get your own soul shining. And how do you do that? Through all these different ways, through, through nourishing your soul with all these the abundance of pleasures that God has given us, you know, that's it. <laughs> the, all the abundance of pleasures that we have right here this very moment. Um, one, of, one of the expressions in our Talmud that says, who is rich? Mm. Those who are happy with what they have. Wow. 
that and that's beautiful you know one of the things that i i tell our people all the time is that godliness with contentment is great gain that's exactly. that's that's great gain you know the apostle paul uh in, in in the bible said that no matter what state i'm in i've learned to be content he said i've learned how to be full and hungry i've learned how to he said no matter what state i'm in i've learned contentment yes yeah well, you can't have that if you don't know that there's a good purpose to everything. You can't have that peace. And it's just, it's a world that made no sense to me to believe that we die and that's it. Yeah. We're just, <laughs> we just, we just dust. We just eaten by worms. That's the end of it. Somebody gave another rabbi gave this great example. When you unplug the fridge, the fridge isn't working anymore, but that energy is still flowing. You know, it's going other places. Our energy never stops when it's, when this body is done, we're still good. Our spirit lives on. That's the thing. The, it, we're, we're, we're so much more than just the bodies that we're housed in. Yeah. Yes. You know, our, we, we, we return back to the source, right. To the almighty. He said, all souls are mine. <laughs> you know and so they, they we, we go back to him and because he's the one who created us and that's why we can't we can't really know who we are and what we're here for if we don't take that journey to know him like you said uh about the one book that we're, we're, we're searching for him we don't know it we think we're searching for something else right <laughs> we think and our souls are a part of god so if we, we don't recognize that we're these spiritual beings, we, we're, we're lost. And, 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 you know, I feel like addicts, in a sense, have more exposed souls than others. They know something's missing from their life. It's, it's right there on the surface. There are many people that go through life without feeling that pain and they're not searching for what they're missing. You know, it's kind of covered up. In fact, my own sister, my own sister would say, you always cared what the purpose to life is. Who cares? You know, I mean, it's very different. I just wasn't made that way, you know, and she didn't suffer from addictions and she goes about her life and that's, you know, that's her, but like, other people are made with a certain sensitization to know there's something missing here. I'm also, even if no one taught me that I'm a spiritual being, I feel like I'm, I'm needing a different type of nourishment than I'm getting. And, 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 and to know that there's a purpose. I used to think, I used to, when I was a, even a child, my, my memoir it's called, I'll hold this up, Searching for God in the Garbage, because mm. that's what I was doing. I was searching in the garbage. I was looking everywhere for what had been thrown away, what was tossed away that I wasn't getting. And I was doing it literally and metaphorically searching. I, I, it, it was, and it became such a desperate search, you know? So, um, that's it. You know, we, <laughs> I forgot my train of thought, but whatever. It's all right. So how many, <laughs> so how many years have you been free of your addiction? <laughs> I'm, I'm 66 now. No, so, you're not. You look like you're 36. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. So I'm, let me subtract 66 <laughs> minus 22, 44 years. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 
That's that's longer than some people have lived. You've overcome <laughs> an addiction. You know, that's powerful because you know, I, I sit with people as a as a as a pastor as well as a podcaster. I sit with people all the time who are struggling through addictions and um, trying to overcome through various means and methods. And um, a lot of times the struggle is, like you said, they don't really understand what they're craving and why they're craving it. And it's, there's always something in particular that's missing that if they could grab a hold of that, the, the search would be over. They would stop overeating. They would stop, you know, overindulging because if God created you know, this world, you know, the Bible says that he's given us all good things for enjoyment, but what, but an, an addict goes beyond, you know, that enjoyment, it, they overindulge, exactly. right? And so, exactly. That's it. I forgot to say the most important thing. What's the price to pay to climb every step of this pleasure ladder? It, there's just one price and that's gratitude. Mm. So, when you are eating that whole bag of potato chips or the whole container of ice cream, you do not feel gratitude after that. No, you're in a lower place. You feel hungrier than when you started wow. after drugs, after alcohol. These things don't fill us up. But when we experience gratitude, then we get full. It's a totally different thing. The gratitude connects us to source. That's why it works right away. It's connecting us up because what are we grateful for? You know, we're grateful for a wonderful person that did something good for us. We're grateful for this orange. We're grateful for the almonds that we're eating, the walnuts. I mean, these are such amazing gifts. I, 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 some of my children's books, too, I talk about, um, it's called Hashem's Candy Store. Mm. Let me see here. It's about the wonders of our fruits and vegetables. Like if you slice an orange, you, it, if you look at it, you'll see an eye right in there. Carrots are so good for our eyes. Celery, it looks like our bones. Like a tomato, our heart. Um, a walnut, oh my gosh, a walnut looks like a little brain. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's so good for our brains. There are so many of these amazing things. Hush. God put directions right on the food. He made it a blast for us. And we just got away from this, you know, like another amazing thing I explain in the book for children, like certain things were made in really dull colors, like this walnut shell, because uh, 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 we should not just bite into it. It's not an attractive color. We have to take a, a nutcracker, open it up, you know, we and, and potatoes, they're not brightly colored. We should cook them first. But the apples, the oranges, the blueberries, watermelon, we could just eat them right away. They're, they're designed to be attractive and that we should just enjoy these treats. These are, this is, this is the candy store that God's given us, you know. So there's, oh, that's what I wanted to tell you. In, the, in Searching for God in the Garbage, it's not a regular book. And that's why I don't write big books. This book, it's sort of, I just compiled it. I found my old diaries, my journals, my letters, starting from age 12 when the search began. And the book goes from age 12 to 32. 
um, how I integrated the wisdom into my life and how I changed my life. So basically, it's kind of like a documentary where you actually follow how I developed the food addictions and how I healed. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, probably last but not least, going from a food addiction, how did your, how did what you eat change? So tell me what the things you were eating before compared to what you're eating now. Well, when I had the food addiction, it was like endless. I would have these terrible binges, just keep stuffing things in. It was the most awful experience. And then after the binges, I would, I would be, go on a strict diet so that from the outside, people couldn't even tell that I was suffering because mm. I wasn't obese and I wasn't extremely skinny, like, you know, so that you never even knew what suffering was going on. And what, what I explained to people is when you're trying to overcome an addiction, it's not about restrictions because you can't live with restrictions for very long. You have to pour in the joy, bring on an abundance of joy into your life. And that's how you can keep it up forever. Identify. There's a show called my 600 pound life. Yeah. The, the people say the only thing bringing me pleasure was food. That's what they got to. So identify what else brings you pleasure besides your addiction and bring more of it into your life. You know, um, to overcome a habit, we need greater and more lasting pleasures, not less. We need to fill our life with joy. And I learned that it takes 400 repetitions to form new synapses in the brain to create a new habit. But if you do it joyfully, in just 10 to 20 repetitions, you've got a new habit down. Wow, wow. That's it. So joy. And that's why I write for children. If they get this into their lives early on in life in a joyful way, then they don't have to play catch up the rest of their lives. You know, they, they got it from the beginning that like joy is about giving to others they learn at, about healthy eating, about the wonders of this world, how amazing it is. You know, and I, even I have a book about disabilities. Like children, children with disabilities are usually the loneliest children. I explain to children how to interact the most effectively. I'm just going to tell you one thing from this book. Children always stare when they see a child with a, a visible disability. And that's so normal because you're curious. But if you, it's another five-letter word that also begins with S, like stare, and that's smile. If you add your smile, you form a connection with, with the other, with the child that has a disability. They need the smiles more than anybody. So, yeah, there's just so much that little children can do to make our world a better place. Yeah. And, and through your books, you know, there's, you're starting them off. You're giving them a head start that some of us learned later on in life, right? It took us our whole life of stumbling and falling and scraping ourselves up that if we could teach our children early on, then they may, they, they don't go through those things of, 
you know, raised two kids. Have you know, my youngest is 24. Well, he'll be 24 uh, wow. in a couple of weeks. My oldest is 26. Wow. They both graduated college, and wow. their life is so different from mine because we took the things that we totally bombed at. Yeah, and we said we want to help you to know why we failed so that you cannot, you don't have to go that route. You don't have to make our same mistakes. And they have done an amazing job. The Lord has kept them and watched over them. They both, you know, one has graduated from college. The other one graduated and went back. She's going back for her PhD. Wonderful. And and it's like, wow. And, And it's what you said when And I've never thought about it that way. The way you said that is that when you do something with joy, with a a good attitude, when you find that there's something that is a greater pleasure than this thing that we thought was pleasurable, which is really not pleasurable because it's a bottomless pit. We just keep throwing more junk into it. it, But when we really find that true pleasure and like for me, you know, studying the word of God, studying, studying the Bible. That's why me and Rabbi Juan connect because he's a studier. And so we could go for hours just talking about stuff that other people would be like, whoa, it's so heavy. But when there's a love for it and you find out that this is, you know, how you're wired and how you're made, like when you write your books, you know, you're connecting to something that's greater than you. And because it's going to bless the people around you. It's not just for you, whereas our addictions are only for ourselves. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. There's a beautiful quote too. An addiction is giving up everything for one thing. Mm. Recovery is giving up one thing for For everything. everything. Wow, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yes, yes. (laughs) Wow, that is so beautiful. Well, I, I I don't know how much more we could talk about. I really enjoyed this. I'm hoping that the listeners are, are really taking some of these points that they would actually go back and watch this multiple times because you said some things that I think those that are struggling with any type of addiction, no matter what it is, we have a, a men's group and I call this men's group Soba. And Soba is the Hebrew word for satisfied. And, and the goal is for them to be satisfied, but not through addiction, not through pornography, not through alcohol, not through drugs, not through violence, because some people are addicted to violence. And, yes. you know, they, they, that's just how they live their life. But to yes. be satisfied um, in, in, their, in their walk with the Lord, that they find that uh, uh, that Jehovah will provide, right? <laughs> that he will provide what we need. We don't have to go to these addictions. Yes, exactly. When, and you, what you said, that's the highest level. Transcendence is when you study God's wisdom, that's the highest level. That's, that's the greatest connection. Yes, we, we, we are involved in addictions because we feel alienation, estrangement, anxiety, depression, loneliness, disconnection. Wow. This brings connection into our lives. Exactly. Wow, beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, thank thank you so much for your time. Um, I think we could just kind of go on and on, (laughs) but but this has been so enjoyable. Um, You know, I I, I pray that your books reach millions more. Um, I'm going to go through the list and, you know, I'm I'm trying to get my wife 
to, to do some picture books. And so maybe if she gets uh, some of yours and she gets to look at them and, you know, uh, maybe she'll, she'll venture out and, and, and do that because she loves, she loves little kids. Oh, man. Wonderful. That's what I want more and more people to be reaching out to children. We exactly know yeah. that they can absorb all this. They're, they're the closest to it. They, they want it. Exactly. Amen. Amen. Um, usually, um, usually I have at the end of, of my podcast, um, our guests pray uh, for our listeners. And I don't know if you would like to pray or just say a word of blessing. I don't know which one would be more comfortable for you, but whichever one, I would love for you to do that. <laughs> okay, sure. I, I'll just say that. Let's see. Okay. I, I'll say this. I love this quote. May you be blessed to enjoy the little things in life because one day you'll look back and you'll realize those were the big things. Wow, that is beautiful. Thank you so much for that quote. And for <laughs> my listeners, um, please uh, check out all of the books. I'll have them in the description. So I'll have a little bit of her bio and, and where you can get her books. And, you know, if you have children, th these are the books that you want to get for your children. I know people are getting like veggie tales and things like that. I think they're really good. But I think these books, because of uh, so much work has been put in to take really large concepts and put them into a child-like package that they can understand. Jesus said, suffer the little children to come to me, right? And forbid them not. He said, don't forbid them. And I love that you're, you're using your gift to bring the children wisdom and, and knowledge, even at a young age. And so um, all you guys that are listening, I just want to Thank you for coming on. And I want to say to our audience, remember to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. God bless you. Thank you for watching and for listening. God bless. Thank you.